After all, you're uh, creating an impression of your cat or somebody else's cat mm. or dog. And it's up to you to create that impression as you see it. And if you do have to make those adjustments, you have to make them. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello, Steve. How nice are you? to have you back again. It's nice to be back. Oh, well, I was saying last week you were going off to London, and which you did, but you come back again. Now I'm back again. <laughs> didn't <laughs> no, take long, a, did it? No, that's right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Otherwise, it would have been a Skype one. But that, um, you're down here for your, your friend, aren't you? Your friend's stag uh, dinner. I know. Which is yeah. great. Yes. I'm best yeah. man again. Yes. For the second friend in the you last few months. You? I know. I You're tell good you, at it. It's, it's, it's hard work <laughs> being best man. Um, yes. So I'm down for a meal tonight and a good opportunity to yeah. record Catch another up with podcast. You. Oh, God, golly, we've got a bit catching up to do. You know, when we said last um, year now, yeah. it was that uh, you know this was going to be a busy year by golly hasn't it started well it's turning out to be very very busy loads and loads of questions loads of um oh everything and uh, ideas coming flowing through mm. gosh well I, the thing is we recorded uh 106 and then we recorded 107 before i went back didn't we that's right and then uh as we after we recorded that we got a whole load of feedback <laughs> on 106 <I> know. <laughs> so we're gonna have to go back to episodes when we were talking about mm. uh your experience in the art world That's and things right. like that That's and right. uh <laughs> we're gonna have to cover all your feedback now listeners from two weeks ago but thanks oh, for well. sending it in we had some oh no great fun reading your emails no, no, we don't never mind the uh, the feedbacks and the, the questions that's what we live on we'll get to them eventually <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's crack straight on. First email uh, comes from Darren. Colin, you are such an inspiration to me, particularly with your kindness and warmth, Steve too, and your amazing art abilities, but more importantly, your willingness to teach and share the pastel pencil medium with others. I'm currently listening to your podcast halfway through at the moment and jumped the gun a bit and listened to your 106th podcast today. Wow. I take my hat off to you for your principles uh, at the latter end of the Slightly Deep podcast. I couldn't agree with you more, particularly with your views towards people who are quite above themselves. I'm a master mason, uh, really not blowing my own trumpet, and run a team of stone masons and carvers employed in an English cathedral. I'm very much hands-on and always happy to teach and pass on my skills to the young ones and older ones. When I was a, uh, in my apprenticeship in the early 80s, I experienced older masons who were a bit above themselves too and kept their skills to themselves. But in my 35 years in the craft and still counting, I've always made it my aim to help others, which I've done successfully. Anyway, back to the pastels. I do have one question, if I may ask. I'm hoping to paint my own cat, which would be a nice gift for my wife. But I am seeing a small, uh, I'm seeing a small pastel issue which i would be grateful if you could help with my cat is a dark tabby almost black fur the dark fur has cream highlights on just the tips which looks two-tone i guess putting light pastel on dark pastel won't work but how could i can make how could i make the impression of these highlights on the cat's fur to retain the two-tone effect kind regards darren first part of that email then darren obviously experiencing that in other industries oh gosh it's it's right across the board steve I've, I've 
in, in, I've had various jobs and I have come across those in every single job that I've had. Yeah. And it's just one of those things you kind of accept it, I think, um, early on when you're young, especially, you know, your, your, your betters, so to speak, um, seem to know what they're talking about and you kind of accept it. But as you get older, you, you start bucking against that. And certainly when I went into the art side and I heard the, heard these silly people who were really talking through their hat, um, then it does, uh, you know, obviously start to grate you, especially in my case, because I have a passion for art. Mm. And I think everybody, everybody, there's no one should be exempt from art and uh, in, indulging in, in the things that they love to do, whether it's uh, music or uh, whatever. Sculpture is another thing. And um, all of these different pursuits, you're going to find the people who think they know it all. Mm. And uh, it, uh, it's great that we get this kind of feedback. But we, we always think that we're the only ones, don't we? Yeah. We think we're the only ones that suffer, but in fact, everybody does. Mm. And a great thing about this kind of uh, uh, show and contact that we have with people is uh, we get people telling us, uh, you know, their experiences. We share them with others and then others come back and say, oh, yes, I had that experience too. Mm. It's wonderful. You know? So on to Darren's question then. Um, he sent a picture which uh, is going on the blog um, anyway, mm. but he's doing a, a dark tabby cat. Mm. And uh, you've taken a look at this picture and uh, you said that he, mm. he says, Darren says there's dark uh, light highlights in the yes. dark. Yes. Actually, what that is, it's not so much light highlights. It's, it's just that it's light fur mixed in with the dark fur. Right. And it, it, there are so many examples. The tabby cat. We have a tabby cat, don't we? On our, um, I don't know, that's one of our packs, actually. Yeah. But we've also done a tabby cat in on the member site too, where I do mix light and dark together. So, you know, it's worth uh, having a look at these. Uh, but there are one. Uh, the one point that I did pick up with that, he's got some light, or the little the cat has got some light hairs quite a lot of light hairs that sort of stray across the other darker areas. Now, in this situation, you have to use artistic license. If you tried doing that, you'd never get the... First of all, you'd never get it on because you're putting light colours over the top of dark. It's not like a whisker. A whisker is a, is a, a thicker um, line, if you like. I was going to say so, that because you usually zip them in, don't I you? I do, and, and they go in really well. But if you try doing that with these... Um, these stray hairs, it wouldn't work. It, it works on a photograph because the photograph is taking the actual hair size and it doesn't have the problems that we would have. So you just forget that. You just forget them altogether. You just leave them out. But you still put in the fur and the light and the dark. And uh, I do explain that in the... In the That's got to be hard, isn't it? Because if you've got stray hairs that are coming, like one or two mm, stray hairs, yes. you'd want to, initially, you'd go, oh, I've got to paint. That, well, that's what people think, they've got to do it. But you, do, you, you have to look at, the, you, you look at the consequences if you do, and if it's not good, you don't do it. Mm. There's quite a lot of artistic license. People see me uh, take it all the time, and I mention it when on my videos. I say, now, it's supposed to be like this, but that's not going to work, so I should do it like this. After all, you're uh, creating an impression 
of your cat or somebody else's cat mm. or dog. And it's up to you to create that impression as you see it. And if you do have to make those adjustments, you have to make them. If A uh, really simple question. If you've got a light fur next to a dark fur, mm. how do you make the 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 bridge between the, the space between the two of them right. not look muddy right what you do there is you start off with um let's say you're using an ivory for instance a good color to use and a good example now i say that when you're using ivory you don't really want to put a dark color anywhere near the ivory ivory but what you do is you leave gaps okay you put the ivy ivory on Okay, but you leave lots and lots of gaps. And then into those gaps, you wouldn't put a dark brown, which is the color that we're talking about on this tabby. But you put a gray, uh, perhaps a mid gray, like 273 would be a good one if you're using the warmer colors. And that would be, you'd have to use sharp pencils. And that would intersperse with the ivory. Are you with me? So we've got the ivory in um, direction of fur. Then you've got the 273 sharp pencils in the direction of fur, hitting as many of the gaps as you can. But don't worry about that, because if you try to do that, you know, well, you, it wouldn't work for one thing. But it wouldn't matter if the 273 went over the ivory. That's fine. It mm. works okay together. So what you're doing is building up. Then I would probably say that you would use... Uh, you you. I would tend to use an ochre in there somewhere. Perhaps to, um, I would, what would work really well on 273 is the uh, brown ochre that we have, 182. That would work because the two colours are very compatible. Now, once you've got those two colours in, you can then put your 177 on top of it. Again, a sharp colour. Right. But what you're doing, you know where you're hitting then. You can see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can produce then very, very effective fur. And that's kind of the in-between mm. of the dark and the light. Yeah, you, yes, that's, that's what you'd have to do. But what, what you... Here again, we go and come to the impression again. You can't get cat's fur that fine. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. You can't. Even if you sharpen your pencils really sharp, you can't. So you have to give the impression of that. And as long as you're going in the grain of the fur... That's right, yeah, in the direction of fur. In the direction of the fur. The way I'm saying you can do it, it will work. Yeah, you'll get that impression. And you can see it if you look at, as I say, pictures I've done of cats. You can see me doing that. Hmm. Okay, good question, Darren. Thanks for that. Um, And uh, look out for the blog coming out on our Yes, yes, I explained it all and that too. Great. Okay, next one's from Angela. Uh, good morning and happy new year to you both. I've just been listening to the podcast that you recorded on Christmas Eve and lo and behold, you touched on my uh, hobby horse of snobbery in the art world. Uh, when I was leaving school at 15, I wanted to go to art college, but my father would not let me go because he said all artists are beaknecks. I've never heard that term beatniks, before. Beaknecks, haven't beatniks. you? Beaknecks, oh, no. It goes back to the 60s. Too. Does it? Yeah. Uh, remember, that, uh, remember that saying in the mid-60s, <laughs> she's just said. Um so that was that. I left until I was married and went to evening college, college to learn art. My passion was painting birds, and always in the past I had painted the eyeball first. Well, the teacher was horrified and told me I could not paint that way and asked me to start all over again, even though she said it was a good eye. <laughs> well, I could not get the flow drawing uh, it in her way, so I went back next week 
uh, and started with the eyeball again. And she told me that if I do not do as I was told, I must leave. <laughs> so I did there and then. Uh, years later, I still start with the eyeball, but just started on the pastel pencils. And guess what? I don't start with the eyeball. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, P.S. Just a thought. If I pick the eyeball, I could then exhibit and be another Damien Hurst. God help the art world. <laughs> God thanks. forbid. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Angela. Isn't that interesting, though? It is. You know what's interesting there, though, I picked up on? The teacher didn't explain why. Yeah, it's a good Don't point, start though. with the eyeball. You don't start with the eyeball. Why? Uh, hmm. You see what I mean? This is the difference. Mm. What I do is I don't start with the eyeball, but I tell people why I don't. And then they think, all oh, right. Why don't you? I understand that. <laughs> tell, tell me now. I'll tell you now. <laughs> when you're doing an eye, you need, you need to have a framework to put it into. So I find it better to put... I don't complete the surround. As you know, whenever I do an eye, I don't complete the surround. I put the uh, base colours in and I put enough in so that I can see the eye better in relationship to the surround. Are you creating almost a harmony? Absolutely. With the exactly what you're with doing. The, with the surround exactly and the colours of the eye. If you start with the eye and you go willy-nilly putting this colour, that colour, what colour, you can be you can go overboard. Then you could end up, when you start putting the surround of the eye in, you think, oh, no, I don't like that colour. It's too late. Too it's, late. It's, you've done the eye. You've dictated to it. So the two things really have to be done at the same time, but with the uh, surrounding first, so that we have a setting. And Not necessarily completed, eye. but the base colours. No, no. No, no, the overall I, tone no, I never is complete. There. You can't complete, really, because you've got the darker colours to put in, and they... Uh, give the final effect of an eye but to start mm. with you need that it's just the way i work now if if um i had a student that said look i want to do the eye first i'd have let them do it i certainly wouldn't have said you're, you're not coming you're not you coming can't back carry on coming time. yeah no, that's awful no. isn't it no i would let them do it and say okay do it and we'll have a look at it and if it works out then good for you. But if it didn't work out, I'd then explain to them, had you done it the other way, you'd have been perhaps in a better situation. Mm, that's completely the wrong attitude that, it's the way that it, teacher it's, took, again, isn't it? It's, it's, teachers think they know it all. They don't know it. I don't know it all. Do you know what? That's the name of our second podcast, Teachers Don't Know It All. Is it? Yeah, the, our second ever podcast was that. Well, well, well. But you're you absolutely right. Um. No, but thanks for sharing your experience, Angela, as well. That's a really nice email. And another person that's experienced the, you know, that yeah, kind once of again, side. Yeah. Um, okay, so next one from Angie. Uh, this is on 106 as well. Another fantastic podcast, boys. And Colin, I couldn't agree with you more. Such a load of snooty people in the art world. I once watched, I once watched an art program on TV when someone had done a beautiful piece of work in embroidery. She drew the picture, colour-washed parts and embroidery and embroidered is that the right word that's right uh, the rest it was a stunning piece of work and must have taken her ages but the judges dismissed it because it wasn't in quotation art uh then uh, then they uh, waxed lyrical about a photograph someone had entered and i couldn't believe it how hard can that be to point a camera at something press a button and print it out but that went through to the finals Needless to say, I didn't bother watching after that, as I think I would probably have thrown something at the telly. <laughs> anyway, have a fantastic new year and keep up the good work. 
Mm. Work, work, kind regards, Angie. There you go. I think we would have thrown something at the telly as well. Oh, without doubt. Once again, it's, it's rules and regulations like that. I mean, I suppose if they've got those rules uh, that embroidery or tapestry or whatever is not part of it, then that's fine. If uh, art is, well, that's fine. If there are rules uh, governing it, you haven't got any choice. Mm. But it's the people that make the rules. That, that's the, the problem. Um, so you, I suppose you can see both sides of that, that scenario. Um, photography is art, actually. Uh, I know that um, we, we're saying you just point a camera, but by golly, you have to be very good at what you do and are very knowledgeable to mm. be able to produce a, a picture. Sometimes, though, it's a matter of um, luck, you know. Yeah. You know, you just happen to think, good, cool, what I've got, and then you put it in an exhibition and you win. Uh, strange. But um, it is a very good point, though, and I think that, too, um, there's room for all art, and it, it, people that do tapestry work... Uh, when you see them, and I've seen them many times on, on the Antique Roadshow and other um, shows of, of similar kind, and they they uh, treat them as art in that. Uh, and embroidery, you see sometimes the Victorian embroidery and, mm. and earlier sell for lots and lots and lots of money now. So, you know, it is it is someone has taken the paint, especially in a situation like that where they draw their own picture out, um, and uh, colour wash and... Take a long time. Oh, it's a long long job. But there you are. No. That's mm. the way it goes. We have to live with these things, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks, uh, Angie, for that question. Uh, next one is uh, from Joyce. If I join this week, will I be too late for the puppy? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Uh, that's, uh, that's the first part of your question. Um, the good thing about our tutorials is that they are they're there to stay folks they never get removed no. uh second part to your uh, email when colin has finished a pastel painting can any of the grain on the paper be seen close up that's a good question that and the answer is yes it can if you're that close uh however i've got to say that the pastel paper that we use the tooth is critical to producing and taking off the pastel pencil. I wouldn't want to use it any other way. Um, the fact that uh, you have the grain either going horizontal or vertical, it just means you've got to fill it up, really. And you'll see me do that. If you look at the picture from... Uh, if you look at the whole picture on uh, your computer and so on, you might see the influence of the grain. But the grain doesn't interfere with the picture at all. Never had a problem with it. Mm. Uh, but you do have to fill it up, especially in situations like skin. If you're doing uh, the young girls come back, of to course. Well, they're so they look so smooth. Uh, they do, don't they? Uh, because we fill them up with the pastel, um, the whites and the ivories and the pinks, and then when and the colour goes on top. Once the paper's filled up, you can't really see that. Could you have got that same smooth effect without the colour shaper, though? Do you think oh, that yes. helps with filling up oh, the grain and oh, it smoothing does, definitely, it? Definitely, definitely. The colour shaper does help enormously. But I was doing portraits before the colour shaper came along and I didn't have any problem. Mm. Uh, the pastel pencils blend into each other anyway. In, in, in the case of skin, you put your white and your pink on and then perhaps a little grey, light grey, and then a touch of um, 
you could put a, even a touch of ochre on. Mm. And then that could be then blended with one of the other pencils. You could go back with your ivory again, which is a really good blender. So there's ways, ways of doing that. So you wouldn't... Uh, but the blender has changed our life without doubt. This is reason, the main reason why in the last uh, nine months... No, we've had them longer than that, haven't we? A couple of years now. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of the tapered one. That's also uh, made a difference. But the, the colour shaves have been around a little while now. And before them, uh, pastel work was good. But uh, since having those, pastel work has got better. Mm. Uh, it does save. It, it gives you advantages that we didn't have before, without any shadow of a doubt. Mm. What I like about the... Uh, seeing the grain up close is if you say for example take the prowling tiger mm. and I love showing that picture to people because people go that's not a pit that, that's yeah, not a that's painting a photograph yeah and then you zoom in and I love just seeing that slight yes. indentation that's right of the grain it proves it's a painting that's right do you know what? if that was not there Mm. you'd be like it is you'd argue it's a painting there goes photograph it's a painting it's a photograph until you, you take, see that grain that's right yes and yeah. you go oh my god it or is. you could take them to the grass which is just exactly oh. exactly yeah you zoom in on that but i think the that's not the, the fur specifically i like because yes. the orange you can see over the orange it's a slight mm. and i love that effect i love that um that definition mm. that it gives Mm. It gives it texture as well, actually. It gives the painting texture. That's exactly right. It, yes. If it was smooth, it wouldn't It wouldn't have that vibrancy. I used to say um, early on when people used to ask me these questions, uh, especially at the exhibitions, when you were doing an exhibition, they used to say, you know, they look at the paper and see that tooth in it and think, doesn't that interfere with the picture? And I used to say to them, no, that is what gives this three-dimensional look to the picture. Mm. And they look at the finished pictures and think, oh, I understand what he's talking about. That looks real. That looks, how many of our students have said, gosh, that looks real. It looks as though, you know, you could stroke it. Yeah. It's because of that tooth. It's because of the tooth. It, mm. it pushes it mm. away from, mm. yeah. Mm. That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that before. Um, speaking of tigers, uh, Jackie sends in a question, uh, which is going to be a blog as well. She sent in a photo taken by uh, Chris... Uh, Allsbrook, I hope I've said that right, who with his wife do photographs for artists to use. I'm using the colours that I use for the Prowling Tiger and the video for the order uh, of working. I would like some colour advice for the wood that they are lying on, as mm -hmm. I'm not sure my idea of uh, using 103, 233 and 283. And that's from Jackie. So uh, she's got this picture, two tigers, yep. and they're resting on uh, like a piece of wood. That's right. It's an obvious uh, um, set of planks yeah. in a, a reserve of some kind, uh, possibly a zoo, I would think. It's either a zoo or a reserve. And it's uh, obviously man-made, right? So I did give, and I do give Jackie the colours that I would use. I actually wouldn't have gone down that road. I was There's just another set of colours which I've given her, which I would have preferred her to use. However, going back uh, quite a number of years, I took some photographs at Howlett Zoo Park in Canterbury, and they were very successful. I did a, a, a tiger, and then I did some cubs. And in the tiger, it was a portrait, so I didn't need to think about 
surround um, planks or anything else in it was just um, uh, a portrait but when i did the tiger cub uh, i put the paws in now as soon as you put paws in you've got to put them on something and it was on a concrete path and it was obvious and there was wire mesh behind it so it was obviously in a, an enclosure and i thought well i can't do that I can't, I can't just stick it on concrete, can I? It's going to be, first of all, obvious that it's in a zoo. Uh, and I wanted to represent this in his natural habitat. So I turned it into grass and foliage. Again, you've got to go down the impressionistic road a bit here, mm. if you do that. And it, it was a major success, that, that picture. And it's been shown, and it's still, still being shown now. It's on our, in our print section of our gallery. Um, now, I would have suggested... And it is only a suggestion to Jackie that she swaps the planks for grass. It's not difficult to do. Uh, there's many examples on our member site. The tiger cub. Could, the tiger cub, for one. Uh, not so much the prowling tiger, because that's very dark. So that, that's probably not going to be a lot of help. But the rhino is another one. The rhino is a good one. Look at the way I've done them. You only want to look at the photographs, would tell you. You don't have to look at the videos. And if you want to see how I did it, and put grass in, it wouldn't be any, well, in fact, it'd be easier than putting wood in, to mm. be honest. And then you can make the, uh, the grass just, um, just go over the tiger slightly. You'd have to interfere with that slightly. And, and then the background would, would just come naturally because you'd then put it out of focus in that normal yeah, yeah, faded. Yeah. And that would look super. And I think if it was me, that's what I would do. If, I don't know whether Jackie's going to sell the picture, but if she was going to sell it, she'd sell it quicker than a tiger's in natural habitat than on some planks. That's true, because you, you look at that tiger cut picture that you did and you wouldn't know no, if it was in a zoo or no. not. No, sure, once again, it comes down to your impression. It's your impression yeah. of what you see and how you want to present it. And I'm sure people would prefer it that way. So if you were going to, say, let's quickly talk about the wood, if you were going to do the wood, what mm. colours would you use for the wood? Oh, I, well, I would use white, first of all. I would. It depends on the tigers. Looking at the tigers, I think they were warm. So I'd go down the warm route with the 270, 273, uh, 182, and then darken it with 175, you know, in with some of the grain. That's how I'd do that. Yeah. And, and still then the wood in the harmony would still work with the tigers oh yes, as well. Yes, yes. You'd have to you'd have to pull some of the some of the colours that you've you've pulled from the tiger to it. I mean if it's warm colours you use warm colours, if it's cool colours you use cool colours. Would you make that wood more impressionistic or would you make it quite detailed? I think you'd have to be quite well in this you don't particular want to take, case, a, take it away from the tigers. In this case you'd have to be a little bit more uh, exact to what it was because it was one of these half Poles, yeah. Know, I'm sure you know what I mean. Uh, like Semicircular, a, yes, that's right. That's type, right, Steve. Yeah, shape, yeah. Uh, and I think you'd have to do that because uh, you'd have to. Otherwise, you'd have to make it up. If you try and making things like that up, that's very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, if you've got something like that, it's best to be exact. Do it right. as you see it. Mm. Otherwise, you'll get into even more trouble. If you try not to you know, do it differently. Um, I mean, if you wanted to say, oh, well, I'll put it on a rock, we've still got to develop a rocks and rocks are hard. Yeah. So, you know, grass is the best grass you get away with. And how do you, when you're doing this, the grass, um, 
obviously with wood you try and incorporate as many colours into the wood as possible. What about grass? How? Uh, well, exactly the same thing. If you're looking at the tigers, which are, you know, you've got ochre, a lot of ochre in the tigers, um, grey in the tigers, uh, that, would, that would go in the, the grass. The warm colours would start yeah, off same, as same the thing, base yeah. for the grass. Uh, well... Yes, you you use warm colours, but unfortunately, grass being green is, is not cooler. warm. Well, there are there's there's earth colours which I call which people look at as being uh, warm colours, which is down the the uh, one seventy one six eight one seven four route as mm. opposed to the one six seven one seven two route. But there's nothing wrong with combining the, the uh, different colours in there as long as you've got some of the colours that's in the tiger in the grass, which almost certainly would have. I would think 182, even 187, if you're using the um, orangey colour. That could be incorporated in grass. You can put anything in grass, anything at all. Yeah. 283 is another brilliant colour to put into grass. It's the rusty uh, burnt sienna, which, again, almost certainly is in the tiger. Grass can be as complicated as you want it to be, it can't can it? It can be as complicated, but what you've got to do is you've got to be quite free with it. Bear in mind that it is uh, a framework for the tiger, Mm. You don't want to put every blade of grass. I've, I've seen many, many uh, pictures where people have done, mainly in acrylic, I've got to say, where they put every blade of grass in. Every blade. And I hate that. It just takes it away from the picture. Yeah, They think it's being really good because they're being clever. But actually, they're not being clever at all. They're actually... It, the, the tigers have to be pretty accurate. You've got to be fairly... Um, spot on with them but as far as everything else is concerned no you can be as loose as you want to be with that mm. good okay well thanks for that question jackie uh, and okay. uh, thanks for everyone for sending in your questions um there's a few more that we've got but we'll roll them over to uh, next week and any more that you've got please keep sending them in and we'll add them to our pile of questions mm-hmm. um Good. Okay. Well, the Tulips uh, project is up now. People will have uh, been uh, seeing that and giving that a go. Great. So I uh, hope you're all enjoying that. Well, I, I looked at it uh, for the first time in six months. Six months ago I did that, Steve. Yeah. And I was really impressed with it. You know, I thought, gosh, that really is nice. Sometimes when you see, when you're too close to something, you don't really, you, you know, you've, you've, you've struggled with it here and struggle with it there. Uh, and it's, it's become too familiar to you. So when you go back to it, these things and look at them again, they look altogether different. Mm. And uh, I was, I think people will be impressed with that. It's a lovely picture, a lovely picture to do. Mm. Um, Actually, though, I've got to say it's also quite precise. I've been talking about don't be precise. Yeah, that's quite... <laughs> and It is, isn't it? Particular. But that needed that. The, the, the bars had to be precise and the tulips had to be pretty spot on. Uh, but everything else is, is a little bit, uh, you know, indistinct. Mm. Well, because then you want the vase and you want the tulips mm. to be the mm. focus, don't you? You don't Absolutely. want to be looking at the table grey. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And I love the two-tone grey. I love the grey, the light grey mm. and the dark grey. That was inspirational. That was not, that was my only invention. I, I, I wanted colours that would, would contrast with the red, which is quite vivid, mm. and the yellow, 
and I wanted colours of grass and I thought I know what I'll do that's a good contrast by putting the grey and the light behind it I love that too yeah. I think it was a real altogether it's a really really nice stylish picture yeah it is stylish yeah it's mm. nice okay good okay we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for this week so thanks everyone for listening I'm Steve Bradley and I'm Colin Bradley enjoy, enjoy your week, week.